Hello and welcome to True to the Bible Podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us today for our first lesson in our series on Ephesians. In today's lesson, we're going to look at the context of Ephesians. Who's writing it? Who is he writing to? And what is he saying? And as we continue throughout our study, we're going to see a lot of really cool truths from the Word of God in the book of Ephesians. It's a powerful book and we're really excited about it. Thank you for joining us. Ephesians, Ephesians, turn the book of Ephesians. Uh, today we're starting the book of Ephesians. We're going to be going through the book of Ephesians for a long time probably because we're going to go verse by verse. Um, it's a really, really cool book of the Bible. Today we're going over the context of Ephesians. Um, and I call it the Faithful Church because we're going to look at who wrote it, why they write it, and really what Paul, who wrote it, which we'll see in a second, what he says about this church. Remember we're doing the three words, which I haven't been here in a while, so we probably haven't done this in a while, but three words. So the first word, Ephesians. So if you hear Ephesians, knee slap. We're doing the signs, by the way, if you haven't told, if you can tell, like the, the different signs that we use. Uh, we'll do the wink if, you, if I say context, and then we'll do the pistol peak, we'll do Gatlin sign if we do, if you hear the word faithful. Okay, and the theme is going to be faithful today. So in order to understand uh, this book as a whole, Okay, in order to understand this book as a whole, we need to go over the context. Um, so hopefully it won't be too boring for you guys. Uh, but really the key is uh, faithful. It's being faithful. And when I think about being faithful, okay, I think about old faithful, like the, the you know, the geyser, which I, we talked about just recently, so I didn't want to use that example. But I thought of an example of non-faithfulness from myself. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny, looking back on it now. Uh, but I used to work for Papa John's. Okay, and I was a delivery driver, and so I come in, I make pizzas, I go deli- go deliver the pizzas. Okay, super simple job, but I was getting ready to go to camp for the summer, so I put in my two weeks notice. Okay, which is rare for Papa John's, right? Usually people don't give two weeks notice at Papa John's. So I was like, I'm gonna give my two weeks notice at Papa John's. So I gave him my two weeks notice. Well, I was also a baseball coach at the time. I uh, helped coach. I wasn't a head coach, but I helped coach high school baseball, and so we had a tournament going on. And my boss at Papa John's was like, hey, you need to work this weekend or whatever it was, a Saturday or, or something. And so I was like, hey, you know, we have a baseball tournament this Saturday and I'm a coach. Like, I need to be there. Is there any way I can, I can not come in? And she said, no, we really need you. And I was like, well, can I find somebody to work for me? And she's like, no, I scheduled everyone. I was like, okay, you schedule everyone, literally everyone. And so you, you're saying I can't, I can't miss out because of this. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. And I was supposed to come in kind of late, and I was supposed to close, which is at Papa John's, if you know, it's really late. It's like 1 a.m. In that town here, it's 3 a.m. And so I was going to stay really late and close. And so I decided I was going to go to the baseball game anyway, okay? And it wasn't very faithful of me. But what ended up happening, it's, it's a funny story, I text my boss, and I was like, hey, I'm not going to come in, you know, today because this baseball tournament's important, I need to be there, or whatever. And really wasn't being very faithful to my job. But uh, it was her home phone. You guys probably don't even know it. You guys know what home phones are? Okay, they're like the landline. Yeah, so I didn't know that. So text never went through. So my boss calls me when when I'm on my way home from the baseball tournament. She's like, hey, where are you? I'm like, at the baseball tournament. I text you, you know, which was, I shouldn't have texted my boss that. I probably should have called her, right? But anyway, uh, so she's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm at the baseball game, but I'm on my way home, and I'll still get there and close. And she's like, don't worry about it. You're fired. So she just fired me. So that's a pretty funny story for, for me now. I, I got to mark off my bucket list that I got fired. To be fair, though, I already put in my two weeks notice. So it's like, I don't know. That's kind of not. But anyway, today we're talking about faithfulness. 
Okay, we're talking about faithfulness. Um, we're going to look at the writer who wrote the book of Ephesians um, and some stuff, a little bit of stuff about him. We're, we're going to look at the church in the city that it was written to. And then uh, we're going to look at the reason why he wrote it. Really, the theme is faithfulness. So let's read uh, verse 1 and 2 of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's pray real quick before we start. Dear God, we just come before you and we thank you for this day that you've given to us. Thank you for the book of Ephesians. I just pray that you would uh, give me the word to say and uh, that as we look at your word, uh, we would learn about it. I pray as we, as we go over context of this, God, that we would uh, it would help us understand the book as a whole. We pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, like I said, we're going to go over the writer and the audience. We're going to go over those pretty quickly, and then we'll look at the reason why Paul wrote this. Okay, the, the writer of this is Paul. Okay, We know this from verse 1, right? Because it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and the saints who are at Ephesus. Um, as always with everything in the Bible, there are people that are like, Paul didn't write. You know, Paul didn't write. We don't think Paul really maybe wrote there or whatever, but it's Paul wrote it. It's obvious that Paul wrote it. Um, and so the question then is, what was Paul's relationship with this church or with these people that he's writing to, which we'll look at next? Um, how did he know them? Um, did he know them? Or is he just writing to a random church somewhere that he's just heard about? And to answer that, really, you've got to go to the book of Acts. So if you go to the book of Acts and you look at it, and you can write this down if you guys want to go look at it later, but really Acts chapter 18, 19, and a little bit of maybe even 20 is really when Paul is at Ephesus. And really, Paul goes to Ephesus twice. Okay, so on his second, you guys know about like the missionary journeys of Paul. So like he had these missionary journeys, and he had like I think technically four, but three real mission long missionary journeys. And on the second one, um, he passes through Ephesus. Okay, and the people, the church there at Ephesus are like, Paul, you should stay with us. You should stay with us. He's like, No, I can't stay with you. I'm moving on, but I hope to come back with, uh, come back and see you. And when he Goes through there that first time, he actually leaves two people there. Okay, their name was Priscilla and Aquila. Have you guys ever heard of them? Okay, Priscilla and Aquila. They're um, they're men, a man and woman. Okay, a man and woman of God. They are a couple. They're they're a husband and wife. But he leaves them there with that church. Okay, and we also learn that this guy named Apollos. Has anybody ever heard of Apollos? Okay, Apollos was not an apostle. But he was this guy that could talk really good. And it actually says that he was there preaching John, okay, John the Baptist. So he was in Ephesus saying, hey, guys, be baptized with John. Meaning, like, he was there saying, hey, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. Here he comes, he's coming. And then Priscilla and Aquila are there, and they're like, hey, uh, Apollos, Christ already came. Christ, Christ already came, you know, and some stuff like that. And so um, it was pretty cool, though, because he's actually from Ephesus, from all I can tell, from all I see in here in Acts. This guy named Apollos is from Ephesus. So Paul passes through. He leaves some people there. And then he goes on his next missionary journey. Okay, and his next missionary journey, he stops at this town in the city of Ephesus. Okay, and he's there for a really long time. Okay, a lot of times we think Paul was in a place for like a couple of days. You know what I mean? That's how it kind of seems. But he's actually there for at least two years. He's a, he was actually there for at least two years and three months. If you look at Acts, I think it's 18 or 19 verses 8 through 10. He's there for a long time. So he spends a lot of time with these people 
in Ephesus, in the city of Ephesus. Okay? He spends a lot of time there with them. And it says, at first, he goes into the synagogue like he always does, and he starts preaching to the Jews. Right? Well, they get mad at him, so he actually stops doing that. And for two years, he goes and disciples people like all that were already believers. It says he takes them and he disciples these certain people for two years. So he's in Ephesus for a long time, and he has a really good relationship with several people in Ephesus for sure. Okay, and then what ends up happening? Um, do you guys remember the story of the magic books and Demetrius and the in Acts? So, so there's a guy named Demetrius, and he's basically like a magician, and uh, he's in Ephesus. Okay, and so he does all this this magic basically, um, witchcraft really is what it is, and he's doing witchcraft. And Paul starts converting people in Ephesus, and and everything we read, his his Paul's ministry in Ephesus was huge. Okay, and like tons of people are coming to Christ in Ephesus. And we'll see in a second, Ephesus is a huge city. So this guy named Demetrius is doing all this witchcraft, and Paul is basically taking away from that because people are being converted to Christ because of it. Okay, and so this guy Demetrius, he gets really mad, okay, and basically through him and through all this stuff, a mob gets together and Paul has to leave because because all of a sudden people in Ephesus want to kill Paul because so many people are being converted to Christ. It's pretty cool, really. Uh, it's not cool that they wanted to kill Paul, but it is cool that like his ministry was that big in this city. Okay, and so that's kind of the story of Paul in Ephesus. Okay, now Paul's in prison. Okay, years later he's in prison in Rome, and he's writing to this church that he spent all that time with. Does that make sense? So he spends all this time in Ephesus. He makes these disciples in Ephesus, and he gets thrown in prison in Rome. And now he's writing this book, this letter to that church that he was with for all that time. Okay? That, that's where we're at. That's where that's the author in a sense here. Okay, the audience. Okay, if we look at the audience, obviously, who is it written to? The church at Ephesus. Okay. Again, some people are like, well, it wasn't really was it really written to Ephesus or but you know, it's written to Ephesus, okay? So the the audience is the church at Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is a huge city, okay, and it's located in modern day Turkey. Okay, so like you got Israel and stuff down here. Ephesus is a long way from Israel, and it's actually quite a ways from Rome. It's closer to Athens, like, um, you know, when you're thinking about it. Yeah, Greece. Um, so that's where it is in modern times. Okay, the interesting thing about this city is that it was huge. Um, for the, They estimate at least 250,000 uh, citizens in this city. Uh, really, there's a couple cities that were bigger than that in the Roman Empire. Rome, obviously, one of them a lot bigger than that. But there weren't really a lot of cities that were bigger than Ephesus. Okay, So it's a big, big, big city when you're talking about city population. It's also interesting because today there's a lot of like ruins of Ephesus. Like We see a lot of Ephesus. Like This is Ephesus today. Um, so these are like ruins that we, that we can go. You can like go visit this today. Um, they actually give tours of this and stuff. I was looking it up. Um, this is another one. This is Ephesus right here. Um, and so Ephesus was this huge city. And we, we actually know quite a bit about it. It was huge. Um, third largest in the Roman Empire is what they say. And it was known for false worship of a god named Dinah. Okay, this is, uh, or, and she was actually, when I was looking this up, she was actually, the, uh, they call her the Huntress. So she like provided, yeah. So like the Greek god. Yes, exact same one. So this is the Roman version, okay, but the same god, right? Uh, the false god Artemis, okay, or, you know, this is the Roman version of it, basically. Okay, and so she's the huntress, maybe fertility as well, they think, uh, but she was provider. And so this huge city 
was known for false worship, magic, like all kinds of witchcraft. So it was a very pagan and perverse city. Right. So this is so this is a it's a perverse city and it's a huge city. Okay? But this church in here, which we'll see in a second, is faithful, which is pretty cool. Okay, so Paul is in prison, okay? He's sitting in prison in Rome, and he's like, Man, I went through Ephesus, I spent almost three years there, if not maybe even more than three years there. I'm going to write a letter to these people. Okay? So that's like the context that we're living in, or that we're, that we're reading in here. And he's like, this is a huge city. There's a lot of influences and pulls for this church, right? Obviously, right? Okay? Because it's, it's a huge pagan city with tons of people in it. So there's obviously a lot of pulls for this church to do wrong. Okay? Now, Let's look at the reason why he wrote it. We're going to go over the reason. We're going to look at the outline that he has here. <clears throat> okay, let's read verse 1 and 2 again as we look at the reason. Okay, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God and the saints who are in Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So this is interesting. Okay, this is interesting because Paul is writing to them and he says uh, that they are Faithful. He says that they are saints and that they are faithful. Saints, okay, they were believers. Um, also, he's writing to the church, so you know he's writing to believers, okay? And in his case, he's writing to believers, but also uh, that they were faithful believers in a perverse city. This is interesting because a lot of times Paul writes to correct a lot of stuff. Like think of the like First Corinthians, okay? He writes and he's like, you guys are uh, doing all this stuff wrong. Here's all the stuff you're doing wrong. Here, I'm going to correct you. Okay, but when we think of Ephesus and this letter that he's writing to him, he's really writing to those who are already faithful and encouraging them in their faithfulness. So what is faithfulness? What is being faithful? It's being reliable, true, or consistent. In the Christian life, it's living out who we are in Christ. That's what being faithful is. It's doing right. It's being reliable, true, or consistent. Consistent with who we are in Christ, which we'll look at in a second. And when talking about the Christian life and faithfulness, okay, you guys probably pretty much know what that means, but it's doing what's right, right? It's living how Christ wants to live. It's walking in the Spirit. That's what being faithful is. Okay, God calls us to do something, and we do it. Okay, and so Paul is writing, he says, hey, you church, you are faithful in what you're doing already. Okay, but then he goes on, and we're going to look at an outline in a second, but he goes on and says, okay, you are faithful. Here's who you are in Christ. Here's who the church is in Christ. Who's here? Here's who you are in Christ. And here's how you should live because of that. Here's how you can continue to be faithful. So really, this book is written for encouragement. Okay, and we all need encouragement sometimes. How many of you guys have seen? Yeah. How many of you guys have seen The Emperor's New Groove? Yeah, it's a good movie. It, it's really. I love that they actually incorporate like little. Yeah, and it's really it's good because of Gronk. Am I right? Yeah. Like he's the reason the movie's good. But I when I think of like encouragement to do I also good. I think it's pretty good because we have a good donkey. Yeah. I think of this I think of this scene because it's like, you know, the angel and the devil, which obviously just is not true, but it's like representation. We all need encouragement to do right. I remember in this scene the angel's trying to convince him not to, you know, throw the emperor into the water and to go get him and all that. And so um, for us, though, for believers, we need encouragement okay, from each other to be faithful right, to God, to be faithful to God. I'm not talking about our salvation. I'm talking about, hey, we're saved. I'm a believer, but I need encouragement from Gatlin to continue to be faithful. And that's why Paul's writing this. He's actually writing this to encourage this church. 
to be like, hey, continue to be faithful. So let's look at the breakdown. Um, let's look at the breakdown of the chapter. Let's look at the outline, and then uh, we'll go into our application, uh, and then we'll be done for today, okay? Because I just want you guys to get a baseline of context. Make sense? Okay, so here's the outline. This is the outline of Ephesians. Again, this is a very broad outline, obviously. That's what I thought okay? Very, it's a very broad outline. So chapter 1 talks about who the church is in Christ. Who is the church in Christ? So Paul starts out and he says, who is the church? Not Ephesus, I don't think. I think he's saying big church here because he says we. He includes himself in it. Okay? He's talking big church. Who is the church in Christ? Who is this mystery? Because okay? we know it's a mystery because remember Daniel and how um, Daniel didn't see the church age. So he says, who is the church in Christ? Then he says, who are individuals in Christ? And if you guys remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you guys all know that, right? Okay, he's talking about who we are in Christ, right, right there. Um, and that's, that's what chapter, a lot of chapter 2 is about. A lot of chapter 3 is about Paul's authority in Christ as, a, as an apostle um, and some other stuff as well. It, Paul's prayer for them is in chapter 3, so we'll look at that. Chapter 4, the very beginning of chapter 4 is about unity, okay? And then chapters 4 through halfway through 6 is about how to live in different capacities, how to live with your family, with your household, how to live with the church, with the body, stuff like that. And then chapter 6 ends with the most famous armor of God, right? And so basically, if you look at this, I don't even know if this is... Oh, look, sweet. Okay, so basically, if you look at this, chapters 1, 2, and 3 are about who we are, okay? And chapters 4, 5, and 6 are about how we should live because of that. So Paul writes this church, it's in this huge city, and they have all these pools to do wrong. And the first thing he wants them to know is, hey, here's who you are. Here's who you are in Christ. Here's who you are. And why does he want him to know that? Because if you know who you are, you can live who, out who you're supposed to be, and you can be faithful. Okay? And so that's why Paul is writing this whole thing to him. He's like, hey, you guys are faithful. Remember these things about who you are. Okay? And remember, because of who you are, how you should live. Okay? Remember all these benefits and all these cool things about you about yourself, about the church, so you can do these things, okay? And that's what we're going to be talking about in Ephesians. We're going to look at who we are, who the church is, and we're going to look at, well, because of who I am in Christ, what, how does that mean I should live? Okay, and it's really a cool book because of that, and it's super practical and super applicational, if you will, okay? Um, so today, context, we've got to remember the context, but the application, I think, is this. First, okay, first, what did Paul do? We know right here from looking at the outline, really, that he is encouraging these guys to be faithful because they already were faithful. Okay, that gives us two things. First, we need to encourage other people to be faithful. Okay, and we need to encourage other people to be faithful, other believers, right? That's what Paul's doing here, and Paul does it a lot. But then secondly, we see that this church is already living faithfully, okay, which is big okay, in, in several ways. Number one is they're already living faithfully, but Paul still writes them a letter. Okay? Does that make sense? Like, Paul's still writing. He's not like, oh, they're faithful. They're good. They're good. We don't even worry about them anymore. This church is a faithful church, yet Paul still writes to them to encourage them to continue in faithfulness, to be more faithful. And so as we look at our lives, we might be like, hey, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty faithful. Like, I'm a pretty, pretty faithful guy. Okay? I'm a pretty faithful girl. But... Does that mean we're living perfectly? Does that mean we're, or oh, we don't need to worry about it then? No. 
It doesn't. Okay? We can be more faithful. Okay, what does being faithful look like for me and you? Yeah, Gatlin, thank you for doing pistol piece there. I've been doing it the whole time. Oh, good. Oh, nice. So what does faithfulness look like for me and you, though? Okay? It's being in the Word. It's praying. It's having that quiet time. It's studying the God, God's Word. It's being at church. It's walking in the Spirit. Okay? It's living out who we are. It's living out who Christ has us to be, servants of Christ. Okay? And as, as we close here, okay, this context is important to remember as we go throughout the entire lesson or the entire book. Okay? Because Paul is writing these faithful people and he's saying, hey, here's who you are. Because of who you are, continue to be faithful and be more faithful. Does that make sense? So we can take application from that, and we can be faithful, even though even if we think we're doing pretty good, or even if um, you know we're prideful and we're like, "Hey, I'm great. We can probably do a lot better." Okay, and even if not, we can encourage um, others to do so. So this week, for you guys, for me, maybe you already have something in your mind like, "Hey, I need to be faithful in this area," but maybe. If you don't, you can say, hey, this week I'm going to encourage other people to get in their quiet time. Be faithful in that way. Be faithful with my relationship with Christ. You know what I mean? Like, if we're having a quiet time, that's uh, drawing near to God, right? That's abiding in Christ. So maybe you say, okay, I'm going to be faithful in my quiet time this week. Or I'm going to encourage, I know somebody that I'm going to encourage to be faithful in their quiet time this week. Does that make sense? Even though we're doing pretty good. Okay, so those are some things to think about that you can do. Maybe there's something else you need to be faithful in um, or you need to continue to be faithful in. I don't know, but that's something really practical, really easy that we can be faithful in. We can encourage others to be faithful in. Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at Hunter dot davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.